You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. All right, let's get to it. I know we're getting a little bit of a late start on this week's podcast episode, and let me tell you why. (laughs) Because last week, I got steamrolled. I volunteer at one of our local hospitals, and I volunteer at the Shock Clinic, which gives COVID vaccines. And as you might expect, uh, the hospital doesn't want me to be a super spreader as I'm walking around and talking with people and helping them get all set up for their COVID shot. So I got one myself. And in fact, last week, I got my second COVID shot and I got steamrolled. Uh, I was sick as a dog really on uh, late in the week last week, and I felt better over the weekend. Um, but I have to say that if that's what if that's a piece of what feeling uh, what COVID feels like, I'm glad that I never got it, and I feel really bad for the people who did. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, it, it, this isn't about me and my COVID shots, um, but we at the COVID shot clinic where I've been volunteering – the feel there is one of hope, right? It is almost like a, a a convention of people. It's a drive-through clinic, so a convention of people in their cars, almost like high-fiving each other, and so thrilled to be able to get a shot, feel better, and be able to go about their lives not worrying about. Maybe not, you know, the the jury's out on whether or not you can still catch COVID, but certainly not be hospitalized or die just because you're going to the grocery store or to a ball game or something like that. So this this feel among everybody that's in line, even though the lines early on were long, they've gotten much better now. But of people being vaccinated, there's this, it's like a relief party, right, among everybody about being able to go back and resume their lives or maybe even make up for lost time. I've joked with my wife that, you know, you know, conditions permitting, we're going to, we didn't do, we didn't really have a Christmas or Thanksgiving this year, but our Easter brunch is going to make up for all of that. Right. And, and the reason I tell this story about this kind of relief party that goes on a couple of times a week at our local hospital is because it's indicative of where this economy is poised to go. This is an example of what many people are feeling as we get closer to this uh, the solution to the COVID problem that we've been facing as a country is that there is relief is on the way, hope is on the horizon, and you can almost feel it uh, kind of anecdotally as you as you talk and and deal with people. And you can also see it in the economic numbers and even as traders are trading. Uh, and we'll get into some of the nuts and bolts here, but some of the market volatility that we got over the last week or so has really been related to this hopefulness almost or this relief that we're getting. And it, it, it's causing interest rates to move up. And the reason why interest rates are moving up is there's this expectation that we have this tidal wave almost of economic resurgence that's going to be coming here as the year draws on. So we're going to talk about that some more, but I thought it would be a good place to start, which is you know one of the reasons why we're a little bit late getting this up is because I was under under the weather because of the second dose of the COVID vaccine. I would say 
it was worth every moment that I wasn't feeling my best. But uh, it's the point here is that I, I that shot was because of this COVID clinic, which is really this this COVID um, shot clinic is really a uh, kind of a daily relief party among everybody who's getting their shot, and everyone can't wait to get back to normal. And I think that is a little sliver of what we're starting to see uh, more broadly economically. So let's talk about markets last week. Uh, markets were, were really mixed. The NASDAQ composite index was really the worst performer last week. It actually pulled back about 2% over the week. Uh, keep in mind that the NASDAQ composite index is really made up of a kind of think about those tech names that you know, large cap tech. Uh, but for the second week in a row, the Dow Jones Industrial Average held up best and was actually up over 1%. And in addition to that, both the developed and emerging market equities uh, gained ground last week also. So even though it was kind of ugly for tech, there were some bright spots out there. And I think as the markets grapple with what is next for both the U.S. economy and the world economy, we're trying to figure out what kinds of what names are going to be the winners and what names might be the losers. And certainly large cap tech has run way, way far ahead in terms of its valuations, right? It's, it's really the only thing anyone wanted, anyone wanted to own last year. Now maybe it's a little bit, it's time for that category to return to earth while some other categories of investing that have been held back uh, over the last year or so find their place really, uh, among investors. Interest rates continued to climb last week. The 10-year Treasury yield was up 50 basis points through February 2021. That's half of a percent for those of us that talk in percents and not basis points. And it's up eight-tenths of a percent or 80 basis points from its most recent lows. Um, This has caused fixed income or bond returns uh, to be off to their worst start really ever for the year. And the the recent interest rate volatility is really way above historical average. Uh, I think LPL research really still expects higher rates through the rest of the year. Around 1.75% is the upper end of their range for their their forecast for the 10-year treasury. Um, but Basically, bonds and and interest rates are investors or bond investors are really trying to figure out what the what the economy looks like post COVID and what might happen with interest rates. Let's talk jobs now for a minute. The the U.S. economy gained over three hundred seventy thousand jobs in February, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. This actually exceeded the Bloomberg survey estimates of a $200,000 gain, which was aided by seasonal adjustments and paired with strong revisions to the January numbers. And the unemployment rate actually fell to 6.2% and was paired with an unchanged labor force participation rate. So what that means is the unemployment rate didn't fall just because fewer people are looking for work. Everybody's still looking, the same amount of people are looking for work, but more people are finding jobs. And think about this. The actual number uh, of jobs gained in February nearly doubled the the economists' estimates. That is fantastic. Talk about beating expectations. That's beating expectations like a drum. Uh, the Department of Labor also reported uh, that under 750,000 uh Americans filed for unemployment insurance last week or the week prior, uh, and that was below the consensus estimate of 730,000. Continuing claims 
We're also marginally lower than estimates uh, with just under 4.3 million Americans remaining on unemployment insurance. I, I think these numbers are showing as we string them together week over week, it is undeniable that we are getting back to normal. It doesn't happen overnight. It's much easier to turn an economy off or put the patient to sleep than it is to wake the patient up or bring the economy back out from its slumber immediately. But we are seeing as we string together these month over month reports that that it is getting better out there. Uh, and the, that relief party that I talked about uh, at the beginning of this episode is really coming to bear in these economic numbers, and we're seeing it firsthand. So let's talk COVID numbers for a second. Um, The U.S. reported 46,000 new COVID-19 cases, which was down 10% week over week, uh, and the data should now be past any of those disruptions that we saw from the winter uh, storms that, that that froze basically the middle of the country. Scrutiny is going to be placed on states that have announced a full reopening, although new case growth in those states continue to decline, really, even though they've been reopened. And cases in Western Europe have been climbing, but at a slower pace than what we saw in November. And the UK cases continue to plummet uh, since they instituted a national lockdown. Uh, Cases and fatalities are soaring, really, in Brazil as the country tries to grapple with the outbreak of a new variant. Uh, which is a different strain than the variant that we've been dealing with here. Uh, and and these reports are uh, from Johns Hopkins. And so that's they're fairly reliable, I think, at this point. So with our recap out of the way, let's talk about, again about jobs. It's the first Friday of every month we get this jobs report. And on March 5th, we found that U.S. payrolls grew at a solid clip month over month in February. Really, progress in the vaccine distribution process really is what appeared to boost growth by enabling more of the economy to reopen. Really, I think that it's always been that until we've achieved this widespread vaccine distribution, the in-person segments of the labor market were going to be slow to recover from losses from a year ago. But we're becoming increasingly bullish on the prospect for a 2021 economic reacceleration. And I think you can hear that week over week when we're talking in our podcast. And really, we're heartened by that the hardest hit segments of the job market might be beginning to reflect this reopening optimism. We talked already about the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics releasing its monthly employment report showing that the economy added 379,000 jobs in February. And the seasonal adjustments actually boosted the overall number, and January's jobs number was revised significantly higher from 49,000 to 166,000. So not only was this a good February report, we looked backward and said, you know what, January was even better than we thought. In fact, it was three times better than we thought. Um, Cold weather the colder than normal weather played some role in kind of these mixed up numbers because middle America was frozen solid. Uh, and that occurred just after, um, just kind of as the report was being solidified. Uh, but the employment unemployment number, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, fell uh, to 6.2 from 6.3%. And the labor force participation rate remained the same, which is an important kind of detail in here. More details in the jobs report is the average hourly earnings rose two-tenths of a percent month over month and 5.3% year over year, which continues to signal that lower wage workers 
have endured the worst of the pandemic pandemic's job losses. Uh, inflation expectations have been in particular focus for the market re- recently over the last couple of weeks, but inflation risks from a tightening labor market are not a real major concern right now, to be, to be frank. I think we expect overall average hourly earnings to remain steady or even reverse as lower wage workers are rehired in service sector jobs. And we'll still have lots of slack in the labor market as we hover well below the 2020 peak employment level, but it's going to continue to improve. Um, The the composition of February's jobs report really importantly signals that reversal of the COVID-19 driven trends in recent months, uh, we're, we're starting to see those turn around. Retail trade, uh, gained 41,000 jobs, while the leisure and hospitality industry gained 355,000 jobs. These are two segments that have been the hardest hit throughout the pandemic. Meanwhile, professional and business services added 63,000 jobs, and government jobs actually fell by 86,000. Um, I'm going to link to one of LPL's charts of the day, and it shows that jobs recovery in the leisure and hospitality sector has generally plateaued following an initial bounce. This segment of the labor market is really highly dependent on in-person interaction, and it's been, and it really, it understandably has suffered in a work-from-home kind of environment. Unsurprisingly, though, service sector jobs have strongly correlated with the broader trends in COVID-19 cases, and the leisure and hospitality sector alone still accounts for about 3.5 million of the 9.5 million jobs lost compared to the peak in February of 2020. So while it's wise to kind of be cautious against reading too far into one month's numbers, I think it's reasonable to be excited to see that this decimated sector has ticked notably higher here in February. And you don't have to look hard to find evidence that vaccines are really having an impact. Nationally, the seven-day averages for new cases have fallen well below uh, early 2020 peaks and significantly below the late high, the highs of late 2020. And perhaps most crucially, the portion of the population most vulnerable to severe symptoms have largely already received at least one dose of the vaccination. And a third vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, was granted emergency use authorization in March. And this past week, President Biden estimated that we'd have roughly uh, enough supply of vaccinations to cover every adult by the end of May 2021, two weeks earlier than I think what was originally promised. So once people can become comfortable with the virus trends, we expect widespread hiring in in-person industries, and that's going to snowball quickly. So February may have actually signaled a start to this trend, and it it's it's exciting to see we can continue those relief parties that we're having in the parking lots of hospitals and shot clinics. And even now here in California, we're seeing teachers get vaccinated. Schools begin to reopen. It's not that the end of this COVID nightmare is near. The end of the COVID nightmare is here. We are, this is the beginning of the end. I should, I should say, because there is still, we're, we're already receiving CDC guidelines right now of needing, even if you are vaccinated, to wear a mask in public, but we can start to gather again in smaller groups without having to worry about our safety. So this is the beginning of the end of that. And I look forward to seeing where we are at some point over this summer of getting much, much closer to whatever normal is going to look like post-COVID. So I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at FordFG.com. Find us on the web at FordFG.com. I look forward to talking to you next week. 
The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principle. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.